Welcome to the Digital Marketing Insights Podcast, brought to you by Brightside Digital. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm delighted to say we have Dr. Anne Torres, Head of Marketing Discipline at the University of Galway. How are you doing, Anne? I'm great, Tom, and and I should say thank you very much for inviting me. I'm interested to hear how our conversation develops. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. And uh, I'm really excited to have you on because you're going to come from a different point to to other guests we've had on the show. Um, And can we start off by you telling everyone a little bit about yourself, your career to date, and the work you're currently doing? Yes, well, I'm uh, lecturing in the discipline of marketing, so I'm head of the the discipline. And uh, previous to that, my educational background, I come from California, which you can probably hear from the accent. So I did my undergrad at University of California, Davis, my MBA at University of California at Berkeley, and I did my PhD at Trinity. So I've been here in the university for more years than I'd like to remember. And my main areas of academic expertise are marketing, digital marketing in particular, and negotiations. And uh, at the moment, when you're lecturing uh, in marketing, is there a digital element to it? And how do you go about staying up to date in the latest trends and and tech and, and things like that? Yes. So I would teach digital marketing or lead modules in digital marketing at undergrad, postgrad, and MBA level. And keeping up to date is really about reading a lot of trade publications and business publications and trying to keep the pulse of what's important. So I suppose my approach would be to emphasize the theoretical foundations and then how to apply them in a particular context. So we do a lot of applied projects for businesses. Excuse me. And in that respect, they can see how the theory works in practice. And we don't focus as much on the technical aspects. So we're not training technicians. We're thinking about how we can enhance people to be critical thinkers, strategic thinkers, and to learn how to develop their technical skills continuously in terms of lifelong learning, because the technical aspects, you know, they change almost daily. You know, if you're thinking about SEO or, or Google AdWords or that kind of um, aspect. Yeah. However, the strategic thinking, that's always going to remain. And how do you think in a way that serves not only your customers, but also the organizational goals in terms of uh, market share, awareness, branding, profit, all those kind of communication goals as well as profit goals. And can you give us an example of how you can present that in a learning format? How can you help people get better at critical thinking and, and strategic thinking? I think the best way is through applied projects. So for example, uh, with my MBA students uh, last semester, we had a small business, um, Chick Boss. They're a jewelry, artisan jewelry that's made in Guatemala and is exported all around the world. And 
There's a lot of competition in jewelry for handcrafted high-end jewelry. You know, not super expensive, but maybe more than just what would be your costume jewelry. And their goal was to develop a, a marketing plan that emphasized <clears throat> the digital marketing aspect. So connecting with audiences, particularly through social media and influencers. So it's really about presenting a live brief and then asking them to come up with a plan and to implement aspects of it and to test it and see how it works out. That's brilliant. And like, could you give me an example of how the highest scoring examples of, of that campaign work were, were identified? Was there innovation involved? Was it just doing the, the foundations really well? How, how, how did you grade such an example? Well, I think the input of the business is incredibly important. So you can have a wonderful plan that is unrealistic and too expensive. So it has to be something that is practical, achievable, and fits with the, the goals of the organization and what's their capabilities. So you're taking those aspects into account as well as thinking about the strategy, how do they develop their strategy, their thinking, their rationale. And then, of course, the implementation, recommendations for how this could be implemented and examples of, of what that might look like. Brilliant. And uh, you mentioned a minute ago around staying up to date on trade resources and, and getting your knowledge from there. Is this publicly accessible sources or is this something that um, only lecturers and, and academics have access to? No, uh, widely. I read widely, uh, so a bit of a tart. A lot of um, broad publications. Um, I do subscribe to things like uh, AdWorld, uh, AdAge, um, campaign.co.uk, Campaign Live, I think it's called. Uh, and that keeps me up to date on what campaigns are running. And you can see maybe the the strategy behind it, and then you kind of, I guess, reverse engineer in terms of the technical technical aspects and the strategic goals. But I would read the New York Times, I would read the Economist, I would read uh, the Financial Times, I would look at lots of um, broad publications like Vulture or Fast Company or Inc. or uh, and I'm quite happy my students help to keep me up to date because I ask them about what do they see and what's important to them. So that's important. And I am a lurker on most social media platforms. So even if I don't participate personally, I like to observe to see what's happening in TikTok and how Instagram is trying to combat that new runner or that new competitor and how Snapchat is really trying to revive themselves. So it's really just trying to keep a pulse on things uh, in a broad nature. And um, yeah, I'm delighted to hear that. And in terms of real life examples in uh, back to the paper, which uh, you were working with the jewelry brand. So would that have been the jewelry brand approaching your 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 academics and they were going to get kind of marketing plans sent to them at the end of it? Is it is it kind of shared or do you just, it's an imaginary make? Do, yeah, so how does that work? It's actually quite serendipitous. I, I really have to go out to look for 
a company, often it's because uh, past students approach me and say, you know, you did these live projects with us and could could our company be a focus of a, a student project? And then it's me working with that organization to come up with a brief that's doable for the students and also useful for the organization. And I tell them, look, a third of these projects will be excellent. A third of them will be middling and a third will be wanting. At the same time, they're all learning and there's something from every student project. They work in teams usually that will be useful to you. Even if you say, you know, this just isn't really us. That's useful information. Um, So that's one way. Another avenue is people would approach me to do consultancy and I much prefer to do it in the context of a student project for learning and um, someone who's willing to work with the students and give a bit of their time and to share some of their expertise and their approach and their challenges. And that's highly useful to students because it's the kind of thing that they can talk about in um in interviews and sometimes the companies hire the students on a short term or even longer term basis. Uh, and sometimes organizations call cold call, um, you know, come into uh, a cold call in terms of the, they send an email to the, to the discipline and then we share those emails and, and often, you know, the timing, if the timing's right and we have a project that we need to, to create, that's useful. So it's a variety of different ways, word of mouth often. So the project that my undergraduate students, excuse me, my master's students are doing now is um, one of our former MBA students who I worked with and who worked on the Chick Boss. He's head of the sports unit. He's the high performance lead, uh, Fergal Callahan. And he says, look, we just need content desperately in social media. Can your students help us for some of our key sports clubs? And so we're building a project around that and that's just getting going now. So I can come back to you and let you know. How that yeah, works definitely. And, and like, I can imagine the businesses that listen to this podcast will be thinking, yeah, I'm going to contact Han or other. <laughs> We'd be happy. Yeah. You know, the timing is contact us well in advance. So um, even if we can't help you this year, we might be able to help you next year. And we would try to manage your expectations in terms of what students can and can't do. Uh, however, students love the life projects. It's the kind of things that employers appreciate in terms of graduate skills. You know, they've actually have applied the theory because application of theory is important. You, the theory is useful in terms of giving you a way of thinking and a way of understanding um, an environment or a scenario, but it's not going to perfectly replicate the reality. It, it's not meant to. Real, uh, you know, theory is meant to reduce it into a manageable element. And then you realize, wow, when we apply this, it doesn't quite work. But there's a lot that's, you know, it doesn't fit perfectly. However, there's a lot that we can draw on to help us understand what's going on here. Yeah. So, you know, it's marrying or integrating theory and practice. And um, that's useful. Yeah. And, and to touch on that, so one of the questions I ask on the show, which always adds a lot of value to listeners, is different sof- softwares of how um, professionals navigate their, their day-to-day lives. But would the university provide softwares to assist with the work? Is that how it works from a student point of view? Or does the students go out and they 
they kind of invest in their own softwares and stuff to, to help build out things like that content piece that you mentioned for the sports business. Yeah, you know, actually, it's much more accessible now than it used to be. There's a lot of free software, and I encourage the students to use anything that's free. So when they're creating a, a website, I say go to Wix, Blogger, uh, WordPress, don't pay. Yeah. <laughs> We're just practicing here and create a website. Uh, for example, for this project um, for the sports unit in the university, I'm asking them to create a website compliant with the University of, of Galway. We've just rebranded uh, guidelines, brand guidelines. And in that, you're going to house the, the sample content, the social media content that you recommend. And they have to create two infographics, uh, one which really relates to the scholarship programs for elite athletes who attend University of Galway uh, for studies and for, for sport, and one that relates to the history and the unique aspects of the sports club to which they've been allocated. So whether it's basketball, athletics, or rowing, rowing is very big. University of Galway is doing very well in, in many of the GAA sports. And the last thing is they create a, a short video, 15 to 45 seconds, because our attention spans are getting shorter. So I just ask them to use their phones. Don't use anything. You don't need to rent a drone, although you could from the makerspace. And um, we want to keep it short. Don't think that your video has to be just showing athletes running on a field or anything of that nature. Think outside the box. And I showed them... Like, say, for example, the recent British Airways ads, which are only 17 seconds long, and you don't see an airport, you don't see um, an airplane, you don't see anything what would be typically associated with airline travel. However, they get their message across that there's many reasons why you travel besides business and pleasure or business and leisure. And uh, so it's really to... Sometimes they find the limitations challenging, but the reality is when you're working in this industry, you'll never have all the resources or all the money or all the time that you would like. And sometimes those limitations make you more creative, you know? Yeah, that's really interesting. And obviously looking at the digital industry as a whole, professionally, is there anything that really excites you that's coming in the future that you're thinking or you'd recommend to your students okay this isn't really active right now but it is happening in the industry you should keep an eye on these areas well it's interesting <clears throat> you know the metaverse obviously that's an, <laughs> probably what everyone's thinking about what is this going to look like and how will this um pan out uh, and i'm not too sure myself i wonder is this going to be like second life that where a lot of companies fled to, but didn't really take off in the way that they had anticipated. You know, these new avenues just don't really, we just don't know how people will use them and how they will resonate. I think a safer bet would be um, AI and augmented reality, particularly augmented reality. We can see examples of that coming through in marketing communications and AI, particularly with helping consumers with making decisions and, and reducing risk and making those product and services come alive. I think those would be the areas I would 
invest my time in yeah. if I had a limited budget. Yeah, brilliant. And um, uh, and we always end the show using the same question, which is if you could bottle up one personality trait that you have yourself that you could pass on to others, what would it be? I would say it's persistence married with open-mindedness. Often persistence is seen as uh, single-minded and one track. However, you want to be open to the opportunities and to be flexible enough to grab those opportunities as they arise. So persistent and, you know, openness. I think that would be my, my approach. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant answer. And if anyone wished to get in touch with you, how could they go about doing it? Yes. The university website, uh, Ann Torres, Ann.Torres at universityofgalway.ie. Or even if you look me up on LinkedIn, Ann M, I think I'm Ann M Torres. Anyway, there's not that many in Ireland, so you'll find me. Perfect. Thank you, Anne, for coming on the show, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you very much.